0: I'm Danielle Royston, and this is Telco in 20. Over the past few years, we've seen telcos sign multiple deals with different public cloud vendors. For example, we recently saw that British Telecom signed two deals, one with AWS and one with Google Cloud. And it made me think, why would you do that? One reason could be that they are moving the same workloads to different clouds for resilience or to avoid vendor lock-in. Or they could be moving different workloads to maximize the strengths of the different clouds. When we were in England at Telecom TV's DSP Leaders World Forum event, we ran into Neil McRae, BT Group's chief architect, and sat down to ask him about his plan with the different clouds. Like, what workloads are you moving? How do you plan to use the different hyperscalers? And how will you get your teams ready to support all these clouds? I don't know if you know this, but in addition to being the chief architect of the world's oldest telco, there are two great things to know about Neil. Number one, he's named after Neil Armstrong and is totally obsessed with all things space. And number two, he loves pinball and even hosted a charity pinball tournament during the telecom TV event. I'm super excited about my conversation with Neil McRae, the pinball wizard of telco. Are you ready? Let's take 20. Neil McRae is BT's chief architect. Hi, Neil.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me on.
0: I'm so psyched to have you on the podcast. This is going to be really, really great. And so, (laughs) first of all, part of DSP is your annual pinball tournament. Sure. This year,
1: you brought four of yours. Two of them are mine, two of them are friends, yeah. Okay, yeah,
0: perfect. Yeah. You know, you're a pinball wizard, from what
1: I understand. <laughs> I don't have a wizard. I do okay. It's kind of a passion that lets me recharge. And some people play golf, some people yeah. play tennis, some people yeah. play pinball, some people play video games. I'm into pinball for two reasons. One, I'm reasonably okay at it. And when you're good at something, you kind of enjoy doing it. And two, there's a great pinball community that I engage with. I run events here in the UK and travel all over the world to different tournaments. And it's great fun and challenging, but it's kind of the thing that you can turn it off and there's nothing too serious about it. And in our world, in telco, you know, we're very serious. So it's good to have something to take the steam off, if you like. For sure. I mean, that's Um, how
0: I am with tennis, for sure. And so you're playing competitively. How long have you been playing? Is this something that you did as a kid? Yeah.
1: So I played it when I was a kid, kind of 14 to 20. And then I moved to London to start a business. And the business was crazy successful. And the whole 90s was just work, work, work. And I kind of just didn't play for a while. And then I was actually at an event. Metaswitch invited me to an event. And my other passion is space, so I'm named after Neil Armstrong. Yeah. And to yeah. get me to their event, they had Gene Kranz come, who's the Apollo 13 flight director, Apollo 11 flight director. Right. He's the guy that said failure is not an, not an option. option. Yeah. And then when they told me he was there, I was like, yeah, I'll be there, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he's it. a hard guy to meet, but I was able to meet him. He's one of my heroes, so it was fantastic. And at that event, they had pinball machines yeah. and arcade machines and I went up to one, and started playing and I was doing all right. And then I remembered, actually oh, this is someone I was really into, yeah. and then by the time I got home, I'd bought one. That's um, awesome. So I yeah. was
0: actually, a very similar story with tennis. I played growing up, and then when I graduated from university, I was just a little bit burnt out. The passion yeah. and the love yeah. wasn't there, and then I just dove and started to work 100 hour weeks.
1: Yeah, it's what I always say to everyone. You've got to enjoy it. If you're not enjoying it, just stop, yeah. take a break. Yeah. Just chill out have a beer and come back fresh-minded. So if I go to an event, it's not about winning for me. Look, I love to win, but actually, what I want to be able to do is walk away and say, no matter where I came, I played the best I could play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's the passion. I love it.
0: And are there different strategies? You know, like in tennis, you might be a baseliner, an aggressive baseliner, or a servant volleyer. Are there different strategies and ways of
1: playing? Well, That's one of the interesting things about pinball, and also one of the most challenging things, which is all the games are different. Yeah. <laughs> and each game has two or three strategies. So we got Led Zeppelin here, and there's three or four ways of scoring big points on that game. So you've got a choice, you know, for whatever reason, your brain's just not lining up the shots right. So you kind of pivot to another strategy and try to get a big score in a different way. The other big strategy, and it affected me here today, so we've got a creature from the Black Lagoon here. It's a game I do badly on, and in a competition, if I'm playing someone and they've got game choice, they'll say, oh, Neil McCrea, he does bad on Creature, I'm going to pick that. Yeah, Because yeah. I play good on it. Right, so, right, right. Whereas, you know, Godzilla, which we've got here, I play great on that. So that's always like a first pick for me. So that's the sort of strategy that's there. And yeah, look, it's something I love to do, and it was great. We raised a lot of cash for the National Autistic Society, which yes. is another passion of mine. I literally will do anything to raise money for those guys. And and I know your organization contributes. so thank yeah, you for yeah, that. Yeah. Um, it's a cause that... A friend of mine who plays pinball is world champion, he's autistic, and I got to know him and his parents who are phenomenal, Robert Gagno and recently, in the last month, my grandson's been given an autistic diagnosis, yeah, so yeah. I was very passionate about it, it's become a lot a more, bit more personal. personal. So I really appreciate um, everyone who came and played and donated as part it's of it. It's great. Event. It was a
0: great combination of worthy cause, obviously, and then something fun to do. Absolutely. Yeah. So pivoting a little bit, you've been working with Harmeen Mehta, yep. recent hire to BT, yep. Chief Digital Officer, and you guys are putting together a cloud strategy. Mm. You and I talked about it a little bit on Twitter, but recently you guys signed two deals with two different clouds, one with AWS, one with Google Cloud. From what I pick up from what you talk about on Twitter and then things that you said today at this conference, is that maybe you're not that excited to run core network workloads on the public cloud. So what workloads will you guys move to the cloud?
1: Microsoft Azure is also a partner for us and Oracle. So let me run through. So in BT our IT estate is massive. And actually so for the last, I don't know, four years just before Harmin joined, we've been looking at our IT estate which has got thousands of applications, we've got mainframes, we've got every kind of infrastructure that you can know. And actually, what I always say about IT is the complexity of your organization is mirrored in the complexity of your IT. And BT, the platforms that we use to run the business, at one point they were leading edge, but now we need to rethink them in a much really more cloud them. technology way of thinking. And from my perspective, if you think about the strategy that we built was is we knew we were gonna to have to go through a complete redesign and re architecture of all of our IT. Yeah. And the challenge with that, as you it's know, it's a is re-platforming. Yeah. I mean, that's
0: what people don't understand. It's not just picking a different technology. I mean, it's a re-platforming from what you're doing today to a, yeah, kind of a mean, new way of doing Yeah, I mean, this wasn't, picking.
1: and this one of my frustrations. Is you know, you get a lot of the con- big consultancies say, "Hey, we'll move all your stuff to the cloud." And I'm like, "No, no, no, no you're yeah. not going to move this to the cloud, are you? Joking me?" Yeah. And actually, it frustrates me because it shows how little they understand. So, yeah. you're absolutely spot on, which is. What we decided to do was, okay. if we were going to build BT today, and we look to 2030, what do we need to build today to be ready between now and 2030? And we kind of went through a process of, who are the platforms that we could use in this? And this is where we started working with Google Cloud, which is, hey, Google, can you give us more insight and more things that my marketing team and the sales team can pull from data? And the great thing about data is you can grab it, do stuff, analyze it, and then make decisions. And you can do that whilst you're doing all this other transactional work. So the second part of our strategy was give our business units much more insight, use it to pull together our data and at the same time get it to a place where by the time we migrate to the new platforms, we've sorted out all of our data stuff. It's all about analytics and AI, but nevertheless, Google is, it's hard to argue that they're the best at managing data in the world. They download a copy
0: of the internet every day.
1: Yeah, and you go to Bing on your laptop, and the first thing you do is change it to Google, right? There's a reason for that. And they understand networks, which is doubly helpful. So that's what we're doing with Google Cloud. And then with Amazon, we send a new deal with AWS for our main application groupings, stuff that isn't SaaS will yeah. sit on Amazon. Yeah. Again, this is all of our IT platforms. We'll build a new in Amazon and then migrate the customers to them. The data yeah. into it. And then finally, Microsoft, from a customer impact point of view, we've probably done the most with Microsoft, we are building Operator Connect with Microsoft. We run one of the biggest global voice networks and our partnership with Microsoft and Azure is we built a load of voice capability into Azure and it's predominantly outside of the UK where we're offering different call plans. We're offering wholesale voice. We're offering contact center voice. We're offering business voice and Teams. And of course, Teams has gone massive through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Customers want it. You've got to engage and be able to offer that, but we're adding value to it. We can give you dial tone in pretty much every country in the world, except a few that are embargoed or right. we are not allowed to but we can give you inbound numbers, we can give you outbound numbers. There's not many organizations that can do that other than Bt. So that's been a great partnership with Microsoft and we're leveraging Azure for that. Yeah. And in Oracle, we're a big Oracle shop today and we felt Oracle had lost its way in telecoms, you know, yeah. they acquired SIBO, which everyone Rancibo yep. and Telco. Yep. But I would suggest that they probably didn't invest in that as much and lots of other players appeared and caught up. And you know, we're using Oracle Cloud for a lot of our legacy applications where the journey to keep them current is easier on uh, the yeah, cloud. Yeah. And we've been working with them on some of their high-performance compute that they've got in the cloud, which, yep. as you know, I mentioned that, you know, We've got these three hyperscalers, but that isn't the end of cloud. There's lots of other cool cloud companies that are yeah. doing stuff that you can actually leverage in a different way. And we haven't really got to a proper use case for that, but we're excited about what they can offer. So in cloud, we're really focused on leverage in our IT side of the business, and we've been driving that hugely. I still think there's lots of challenges to overcome. I'm very concerned about cost. I'm not fully convinced that we couldn't do it cheaper, but on the network side, for me, there's less opportunities there because, we have requirements around availability, we have requirements around data sovereignty. we have requirements Mm -hmm. around actually knowing where things are. And today, that's one of the areas where I think the cloud needs to think about how it develops. So we built our own private cloud, BT Network Cloud, and one of the big partners that we've embarked with on that is Ericsson for our 5G cloud core. It's cloud native, truly cloud native. It's canonical based, it's fully SDN, we can create a workload wherever we want across our network, it can be in Glasgow, local to a customer, it can be in London, but it gives us a platform for building the services of the future and we can scale up, we can scale down, we can scale out, we can scale in and we've started our first set of migrations onto that platform and it's going fantastically. It's not been easy, you know, you get a lot of folks saying, hey, just build everything virtualized, it's all easy and it's use not- general purpose hardware. It's just a nonsense, frankly.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of work when you have thousands of applications in IT. And so once you go through that, which ones are you going to move? Which ones are you going to kill? Which ones are you going to keep? I mean, you need lots of people to do this. So how are you guys getting your people ready for this?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, first of all, there's a couple of aspects to this. In the network side, the challenge we face there is not enough people in the world actually understanding what I call the power connection to the application and all the detail between It's
0: a lot of layers. You yeah. know, what's
1: on the motherboard, what CPU do you need, what's in the PCI bus, how do you scale it? But Intel and Dell, two of our partners, that we really collaborated to create this what we called cloud builders training. So it's you know a boot camp almost of yeah. Actually, if you want to learn how this works, this is what you've got to think about. We've introduced some testing on it to make sure people are understanding so that we can manufacture Cloud builders, yeah. that's the goal, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah, okay, three years from now, they might go and work in Google or they might go work somewhere else. That's okay, because yeah. we've got this funnel, we've got this sheep dip, yeah. where we've got the people coming in, young kids that we bring in through graduates, through apprentices, we work with a lot of universities to sandwich that as a university course where yeah. they spend some time at BT and they spend Catch some them time, early. At, you know, it doesn't give you experience, right? but actually we want them to learn by failing. By doing. So, when it comes to that, we want to give them a safe space to work. So, when we were building the internet back in the 90s, if we broke it, no one cares. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, you're no. headline news, right? Yeah, yeah. And Netflix have a two second blip and everyone's talking everyone's about upset. it. Like, what, yeah. what did you do during the big Netflix outage? You know, it's like. <sighs> that was
0: 10 minutes it was, long. Yeah, it was
1: exactly. Right. It was like you didn't have you movies didn't, for 10 exactly. minutes. Exactly, but the challenge is, is how do you give someone that experience safely? So this training and we've got a couple of kind of labs where people can test stuff and break it yeah. have we got enough people coming out i don't think we'll ever have enough right now yeah but we're managing this In a great way and in terms of how to kind of create things in the cloud we have the same challenge each cloud provider you know have got their own approach to it so we've brought in a few experts that have done this and we're leveraging them to kind of grow those skills in the digital side of our business and it's one of the things harmin's quite passionate about which is how do we get the skills and the capabilities to the right level
0: yeah, I mean, there's a famous business book written by Malcolm Gladwell called Outliers. And in it, one of his key premise points is that it takes about 10,000 hours to master a skill.
1: Absolutely. And and so, I fully agree with that.
0: Right? And so with pinball, yeah. I'm sure you've put in your... Well, I've
1: paid a lot more than 10,000 yeah, hours. Probably not I've, the best use of the time. But same yeah. with me with tennis, yeah. right?
0: I mean, master of skill in tennis, I'm like, that's a forehand, yeah. right? That's 10,000 hours on a forehand or a serve. Mm. And so when you think about it in terms of your work time, 10,000 hours, is five years. Yeah, yeah. It's about five years yeah. of cloud experience. Yeah. And so I think exactly what you were saying, the way I like to get experience with anything is to just go do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Just get your hands on it and maybe start with easy things or things that are not mission critical. I wouldn't start with like your crown jewels or your most treasured customers, but there are workloads on mainframes that mm. maybe not as many customers are on. And you can yeah, experiment. I mean, we're
1: looking to virtualize that. Um, we started experimenting with that about five years ago, and we think it's now ready to roll.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you have a huge challenge in front of you. It is not something that's easy, but I'm super excited that you guys have, at least externally, you can start to see the movement, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I have a picture on the wall of my office of Apollo 17, Gene Cernan, driving a car on the moon. Mm -hmm. That's difficult.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What well,
1: we've got to do straightforward. We've yeah. just got to get on with it. Just
0: got to go do it. Well, Neil, I uh, wish you the best of luck. And Thank you. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast and Anytime. sharing what you guys are doing. And Luke,
1: let's come back a year from now and see where we are.
0: Uh, for sure. Let's do it again. Great. Awesome. Thank Looking you. forward to it. Stick around because we're ending each podcast with a Telco in 20 takeaway. I have 20 seconds to tell you something you need to know. We just heard about Neil McRae's strategy to drive BT's cloud transformation their plan to move their IT workloads to the public cloud across multiple cloud providers is a big project. I've been thinking, how in the world is Neil going to get his team ready? Longtime Telco and 20 listeners will remember the advice leadership guru Jim Abel talked about back in episode seven. Assuming you already have a leadership buy-in and you've communicated the change, I believe the best way to teach your team how to use the public cloud is to fully immerse them. It's like learning a new language. If you want to learn Spanish, you go to Spain. And if you want to learn cloud, you need to move to Cloud City. Remember, there are two key steps to driving change, which are you've got to change the work and you've got to make it stick. By making people move to Cloud City, you're changing the work. And by making people feel like this is inevitable and we're never going back, that this is the future, you're making it stick. While there are a lot of similarities in training across multiple clouds, the tools and the software are different. And so they have their work cut out for them, for all the training they need to do for all the clouds they're embarking on. We wish them luck. Guess what I'm working on? I'm launching a Telco DR YouTube channel so you can get access to great cloud info and know-how 24-7. All my stuff, all in one place. Head on over to YouTube, take a look, and subscribe. And while you're cruising around on the internet, don't forget to sign up for our awesome newsletter at telcodr.com and connect with me on LinkedIn and on Twitter at telcodr. You can also WhatsApp me at 925 telcodr. And finally, if you love this episode, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Go full tilt on the public cloud. Later nerds!